What is up, listeners of the Yours Truly podcast? It's your girl Claire here, your friend, your pal, your non-diet dietitian, your host, I guess most importantly now, (laughs) since we're on the podcast, but your host of the show. I am so excited that you are joining me for episode 101 of the podcast. If you listened to our episode last week, you will know that we had kind of a celebration episode to mark 100 episodes. We have passed three digits here on the Yours Truly podcast, which to me at least seems like a fairly big accomplishment. So I wanted to celebrate and showcase the amazing supportive community that we are building on the podcast, in our Facebook community, and even over on Instagram. So if you listened, thank you. If you have been here with me for 101 episodes and counting, thank you for coming back. And if it's your first episode, I hope this will be a great one for you to tune into and kind of figure out what we're about here on the Yours Truly podcast. So before I get to introducing today's guest, which I am so excited to introduce, but before I get ahead of myself, we have to go to our regularly scheduled programming, which is featuring our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. So if you're new around here, this is a segment at the beginning of every show where I read out a post that has been made in our free private Facebook community called the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. This post comes from actually one of my current one-on-one clients. She came into the community and made this post soon after our one-on-one call or our conversation last week. She writes, Hello, I just had a meeting with Claire. We talked about how foods that make us feel good or bad still have no moral value. So if cheese makes me feel bad, it doesn't make the food bad. It just means that cheese doesn't make me feel so pleasant. And if bell pepper makes me feel good after I eat it, that doesn't make it a good food. It is still just a bell pepper. I think it can be hard to stop labeling foods, quote, good or bad if they do not make us feel physically well or if they do. But our body's response to a food doesn't change what the food is. I'm beginning to see how this is helpful and I am continuing to neutralize foods. We set a goal for me to work on describing how I feel in more neutral terms. So instead of saying that I feel good or bad, I'm now using other words to describe how my body is feeling and I'm starting to become more aware of how my body is feeling throughout the day. I am learning that I have to have patience because this is a learning process and I have to be kind with myself throughout that process. So a big shout out and a thank you to my amazing one-on-one client, a wonderful member of our goal slaying community for sharing this really awesome idea, something that we talk about a lot here on the show, that food is not a moral issue. At the end of the day, food is just food. And while this does not mean that all foods are the exact same or they are nutritionally equivalent, because yes, there are nutritional differences between some foods and how they make us feel, But at the end of the day, food is just food. It doesn't make us a good person, a bad person, and our worth 
is not tied, nor has it ever been tied, or will it ever be tied to our food choices. You are you and food is food. And I love the idea that she brings up here that we were talking about in our coaching call is yeah, it's amazing awareness and great knowledge of yourself to know that certain foods make you feel more pleasant, certain foods maybe don't lead you to feeling so great, But that doesn't necessarily mean that the food itself is a good or a bad food. Like she gave the example with a bell pepper. This client shared with me that she enjoys bell pepper, she likes the crunch, she likes the color, they make her feel energized and more pleasant after eating them, and that still makes them a bell pepper. Because maybe for some people, they don't enjoy bell peppers, maybe some people are allergic, they don't feel so good after eating that food, But that doesn't make it a bad food for those people. It still makes it a bell pepper or just a food that doesn't lead them to feel so awesome. So at the end of the day, if there's one takeaway that you have from the intro of our show today, it's that food is food. And yeah, certain foods might make us feel different ways, but that doesn't make the food inherently good or bad. That just makes it a food that makes us feel awesome or makes us feel not so awesome. And that is going to be different for everyone. So that's something that you'll have to decide for yourself. What foods make me feel great? What foods do I enjoy? And what foods maybe lead me to not feeling so great? And hopefully that knowledge, as you kind of tease that out and get more into that and learn more about yourself, can help to lead you down the path of making your food choices and food decisions with attunement to how you want to feel, which is a really core concept and a foundation of this intuitive eating process, right? Eating what you love and what you enjoy and what you find satisfying with attunement to how you want to feel. So I could probably rant about this all day long because if you're not new to the show, if you're a longtime listener, if you're one of my clients, past clients, someone in the Facebook community, you know that I am so passionate about talking about this topic of food having no moral value. But I know you probably came today's episode, or came to today's episode rather, to hear more than just me speak about this topic. But before we move on, if you loved reading that post and you think that was an interesting topic or an idea that I was just talking about and you want to hear more of that, you want to hear more coaching takeaways, or you just want to have a space to be surrounded in a virtual setting, especially great with COVID-19, but be surrounded in a virtual setting by people who are learning about intuitive eating, by people who are so supportive and who can help to offer support and encouragement from afar for you throughout this journey. Uh, Here's your invitation to come and join us in our free private Facebook community. So if you are not there already, there are two ways that you can access the application needed to join our free community. The first is by visiting my website, that is clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. Fill out that application, hit submit, and we will have you added within a couple of days. And the other way you can join us or you can find that application is by following me on Instagram at ClaireTuning, clicking the link in my bio, and that application that I just mentioned is linked there in the drop-down menu. So you can find us there as well, and I hope to see you there soon. But 
Da, 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 deep breath for Claire. I feel like I'm running a marathon with my words here. But as I mentioned a couple of moments ago, I am so excited, holding on to the edge of my seat, to introduce to you all today's guest and the star of our show. So her name is Rashonda Thornton. She is an MS, RD, LD, CSSD. How about that for some credentials behind her name? But she is a wellness dietitian and owner of Better Vessel Nutrition and 2019 top third ranked dietitian in St. Louis. She has over the last 12 years in nutrition and exercise where her work involves individual nutrition consultation and she collaborates as well with many companies and organizations. She has multiple affiliations with the St. Louis Fox 2 News as the nutrition expert and over 80 segments there with them. She was also a recent St. Louis TEDx Gateway Art Speaker in 2019, which we talk about in our conversation. She's the author of the self-help nutrition book called Play to Win the Food Fight. And lastly, she has a thriving podcast show named The Dietitian Against Diets, which I can also get on board with. Her mixture of passion and expertise has allowed her to change lives in an impactful way as she brings energy and creativity every time. She's a Texas native, Christian mother, and fitness enthusiast. Rashonda has received two bachelors of science from Stephen F. Austin State University in biology and a minor in psychology, Kansas State University in nutrition and dietetics, and a master's in human nutrition concentrated in sports performance from Logan University. You can find out more about her at her website, RashondaThornton.com. Her podcast, again, is The Dietitian Against Diets. Her Instagram is also The Dietitian Against Diets. And on Facebook, she is Rashonda of Better Vessel. Take a breath after that intro. She has so many wonderful things that she has done, and she is so fun as well to speak with. As you'll kind of hear throughout our conversation, Rashonda has such great energy, and she really has so many thoughtful ideas and perspective shifts that I am hopeful that you will find interesting and helpful in your journey to making peace with food and reclaiming your status as an intuitive eater. So to give you a little bit of an idea about what we're diving into here and what you can expect from our episode, we spend a little bit of time going behind the scenes on her 2019 TEDx talk titled Winning Your Food Fight that I mentioned a couple of moments ago. We also talk about how our relationships with food are really a reflection of our relationships with ourselves, which is a really big topic that we unpack, so I hope you'll hang in there for that. And then lastly, we dive into her idea that radical self-care begins with knowing that you are worthy of love and of care and of respect. So without further ado, buckle your metaphorical seatbelts, or if you're actually driving while you're listening to the podcast, buckle your real seatbelt. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and here is my conversation with Rashonda. Enjoy. Hello, listeners of the Yours Chili podcast. I am here with today's guest. Her name is Rashonda. Rashonda, where are you from or where are you right now? Well, I currently live in St. Louis, Missouri, but my heart 
resides in Texas. So I'm a really, a truly a Texan, but I've just been here for a few years. <laughs> okay, well, in Missouri now, from Texas, I'm up here in Virginia. So I'm happy we've had the chance to connect virtually a couple of times now, because not going to lie, St. Louis would be a decent drive <laughs> for me. It would for be. Sure. A, it would be a nice trip, especially coming from Virginia. So we, we, totally. took, we cut that out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now we can just connect on Zoom and record conversations for other people to hear, and it's a win-win-win for all. So before we dive into our questions here on our interview and people get to know you in the more conventional way, I have a little game here that I play with all of my guests at the beginning of our episodes called This or That. So are you ready for my five this or that questions? I wasn't prepared for it, but I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I, don't I, like send, I don't send these over beforehand for a reason because I like to get that like immediate just gut response. It's like, do you mm -hmm. like this? Do you like that? I feel like we get some authenticity that way. Yeah. So my first one for you, let me find my notes here. That would be helpful. I did write these down for my purposes, but when it comes to phones, are you an Apple or an Android user? You know what? Since I've had a phone back in what, 1998, I've been so against Apple. I uh -huh. just been, I'm going to be a galaxy girl. I'm going to just be a piece, you know, and then like last year, I literally just bought an Apple. So <laughs> Oh, so I have the tables and chairs. Android girl, but then I flipped over and now I'm an Apple girl. So yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, if you kept saying like, I'm not, I'm not an Apple fan. I'm against it. I was like, mm, we can't release this on iTunes. They might shut us down. <laughs> have yeah. you, you, uh, you have a little balance of both. Mm -hmm. um, so my next one for you, when it comes to sweets, do you prefer cookies or brownies more? You know what? I like cookies because I can get variety. Like if I want a Snickerdoodles or oatmeal cookie or a lemon cookie, I feel I can get variety of different flavors and textures comparable mm -hmm. to a brownie. If I want chocolate, I can get a, just get a chocolate cookie. True. I never thought about it that way, but I guess there is a lot more variety when it comes to cookies. I guess with brownies, I've seen some people put like Oreos in them or like, I don't know, nuts on top, but I do agree that cookies offer a little bit more variety for sure. Yeah. Uh, my next one for you, when it comes to books, are you a nonfiction fan or a fiction fan more? I am really big on, I love watching movies that are based on true events. You know, that gets me every time. So I actually like to read books that are very similar to that, where it's either an autobiography or a biography, or it's just probably an event that was held in a certain time that reflects some of the re realities of how life is lived. So, okay. Nonfiction. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Unique for sure. Um, are you a fan of the TV shows that like Down Abbey or anything like that? Like that's what comes to mind for me when I think of something that's set in a time period and it might not be an actual true story in and of mm -hmm. itself, but it's set in a, a real time period. Are you a fan at all or is that not really what you're talking about? I, I just go take another level. I'm all about the documentaries okay. um, or I watch, uh, you know, movies. So, you know, for example, I'm really big on this events that happened in the 1940s and the Holocaust. I'm always oh. watching any movies that is kind of set in that time because to me, it just gives me different perspectives of how things were done, even though it may not all be true, but this kind of gives me a larger picture of how things unfolded. So um, I'm big on documentaries, but I watch a movie that's kind of similar to a documentary. Yeah. Okay. Very unique way to learn for sure. Um, all right. This one is a kind of a polarizing one. We're coming back to food with this one, but do you prefer tacos or burritos? 
I am a natural girl, so I will definitely go for the taco because I like the crunchy. <laughs> no okay. hesitation on that. I feel like, too, talking about variety, like you talked about with the cookies and the brownies, I feel like tacos lend for a little bit more variety because you can have the crunchy shell, you can have the soft one. I mean, you could eat it with a fork if it falls apart. I guess you could do the same with the burrito, but I'm with you. Tacos all the way. Yeah. Final one. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? I glean energy from, I just hate to say, oh, I just ride the fence, but I glean energy when I'm around people because I just love being around people. But I also glean energy when I'm just, sometimes I just want to be home. Uh -huh. um, so I would say probably 60% extrovert and 40% introvert. There you go. I love it. It's not necessarily a this or a that. It's like a little bit of both, <laughs> right? If you notice, I'm a very gray girl. Like I, I like to live in the gray. I'm never just absolute, so... Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like that's really reflective of our nutrition practice as well. It's like we're not living in the extremes. We're finding the gray area. So maybe I should rename the title of this game, This, That, or Both. I know, right? <laughs> maybe that's what I should rename it. But um, now that everyone who is listening has gotten a chance to know you in a different way, a more unique and just a fun way, I would love for you to share for anyone who doesn't know you yet or isn't familiar with your work, your content, yeah. just a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Oh my, um, it's always a loaded question because I find as being a dietitian, there's so much more that you can do with that profession because nutrition is literally needed everywhere in people's lives, in, in, even in every industry. So um, being an entrepreneur dietitian, um, I guess the hats that I wear is that I actually have a private practice where I work with people individually with their nutrition. I, that has parlayed into doing a lot more um, communications on a larger scale. So I do a lot of work here in St. Louis. On the, I do a lot of collaboration with like the news set. I do a lot of nutrition segments on the news. Um, I speak and travel to organizations, companies. Now I'm doing some remote speaking, you know, because uh -huh. nutrition is still, still needed no matter where you're at. Um, so I wear this the hat of a consultant, do a lot of speaking. I might also uh, release my first um, book. So now I'm an author okay. um, called Play to Win the Food Fight. I recently did a TED Talk, so I'm a TED Talk speaker. Love it. Uh, and, and last but not least, I also um, have a podcast show as well. Um, so I'm also a podcast host. So again, all of it are different, but they all connect to the um, same thread of nutrition. Maybe use my skill set, my passion to help others in, in my career. Totally. I, I feel that so much when you say that, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. It's like, how much time do you have? <laughs> right? like I try to truncate it. As oh, much I, as I don't want to overwhelm me, but I just want to express that there are so many different things you can really do. And I'm able to kind of live that, you know? Yeah. And I feel like too, what you were saying, being a dietitian and knowing that all people everywhere, we have to eat. We can't escape that fact. Seeing that nutrition information and, and knowledge is literally everywhere. I feel like as a dietitian, especially as an entrepreneurial dietitian, which we both are, which is why I think we get along so well and we see eye to eye on so many levels, but you wear a lot of different hats. So you, you write, you speak, you coach clients. So we're going to learn a lot from you today. <laughs> I'm hopeful. Well, good. So you mentioned a couple of moments ago that you gave a TEDx talk and correct me if I'm wrong, but that was 2019. Is that when that was? Correct. It was May 2019. So a little bit over a year ago. 
Okay. Um, well, I took the liberty of searching that. Actually, the very first time that we connected through a mutual friend and a colleague, I searched that so a couple of months ago. But at the time, I was really struck by a couple of things that you were mentioning there. So the title of your TED Talk, for anyone who doesn't know, they can go and look it up afterwards and get to know you even more. But it's titled Winning Your Food Fight. And in that talk, you defined diet. I'm using air quotes there, but you defined it as, and I'm going to use your words, but you said a short-lived, self-restricted approach with unrealistic expectations. So I'm guessing that if anyone who has listened to my podcast for any more than like one episode, they nod their head and say, totally, I get that. That's how I would define a diet as well. But maybe for anyone who is new or they've never heard diet being defined that way, would you maybe share a little bit about what you mean when you define it in those terms? Um, I, the concept of diet, and I always make a big point to say I'm not against diets because diet is technically what we eat, totally. but it's the diet mentality. Because whenever you're in a diet mentality, you start building these structures around you in which you feel you have to follow. And if you don't follow them, then you're not invited by the rules and it's not a, it's a pass or fail. And, and then you, you're, you're in the situation and you really don't enjoy it because you just fixated yourself in this plan system and you not really have taken a moment to recognize where you fit into it, who you are and that actually where you eat should be to sit around who you are. And so when we follow the diets, we take away who we are to follow this road without regard of what we like, what our personalities are, you know, the connections that we've had in the past with the way we eat to now. And so understanding that because it's not who you are, you're following some plan, it's going to be short-lived. Your expectations is not realistic because when you're eating healthy, the idea of losing weight quickly is not really realistic. And if you don't meet these realistic goals, these unrealistic goals, they're for the failure. You feel failure. Mm -hmm. And so it's understanding like it's really not about the food. Winning a food fight is really not about food, but we fight food. And we have really understand the underlying conditions which needs to be addressed. And that is our relationship with food, which is really our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so as you have you seen a TED talk, <laughs> I kind of opened that up as to what I mean by that, because it's a concept that I feel that I think a lot of, I, I actually smile because so many more people are using, sending the same messaging. Um, and, but, and I was able to encapsulate it in a very uh, dynamic, uh, thought-provoking way that didn't sound confusing, overwhelming when I did a TED talk. So I really just kind of opened up like why I am the dietitian against diets. And then at the end of my talk, I said, now you know why I'm the dietitian against diets, you know? And I just, I really want people to just start living for themselves and start living an enriching life versus the diet life, because it's the opposite of caring for yourself and loving yourself. Yeah. And I think something that you mentioned a couple of moments ago, as far as something that you did in the talk, I think oftentimes, because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you opened up your talk by saying, I'm a dietitian and I'm against diets. And everybody kind of chuckled a little bit. And I find when I say something similar, or maybe any other dietitian who's listening, you kind of get like that side eye. Like, like, it's like, okay. Oh. 
<laughs> like, what do you mean? And I think it's so important when we're explaining what we mean by that to do it in a way that is engaging, is easy to understand, and isn't overcomplicated. Because I think as dietitians, the more we complicate our message and you know, people can't understand it, the more skepticism there is. Um, so I love in that talk, you really kind of break it down into ways that people can understand, oh, this is why she's against the diet, because it's not me failing the diet, it's the diet failing me, right? And I love True. what you were saying a couple of moments ago, it's like the structure, it's this plan, it's not you, it doesn't fit your life. So when we start to fit ourselves into it, it makes total sense why it doesn't work because the diet doesn't know us and you know it doesn't know our preferences our culture right all of these things so something that i'd love to dive into kind of going off of the ted talk i have a another question here and you hinted at this a couple of moments ago but you were talking about in your ted talk like well if we don't do diets then what the heck do we do? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's always the question. And you started at that point kind of getting into our relationship with food. And I love, you said this a couple of moments ago, as well as in the talk, that our relationship with food and eating is a direct reflection of our relationships with ourselves. So would you maybe expand on that concept a little bit? Because I think so many people yeah. either love to work with a dietitian or they maybe hear something like that and they're like, wait, but it's just about the food. Like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. it's just the food. But kind of what you're saying is that it's way more than that. Yeah. And just like on a quick side note, when I said that I'm a dietitian against diets, I meant for it to be a like crickets and like no one said anything. And people were laughing. I was like, well, that didn't go well. (laughs) Just so you know, like like, it wasn't planned for it to be a comedy moment. It was like, okay, I wasn't supposed to laugh at that, but all right. (laughs) Sometimes things just happen like that. It's like, well, yeah, that happened and it's fine. Maybe it was a nervous laugh. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just to your point about the relationship, what I mean about, you know, um, the relationship with food and and how we see ourselves. The title of my TED Talk initially is going to be Food is Your Mirror Image, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, the idea that we have not recognized how entangled we are with how we how our actions reflect subconsciously how we think about ourselves so I use the analogy of like donuts you know when you see a box full of donuts yes your mouth waters you're kind of in awe but you equivocate those donuts to being something that's bad something that's going against the grain of like your health or your weight goals and so you automatically say oh those donuts are bad you label it bad and then because this relationship with food isn't a loving relationship without you knowing you you end up relenting and you feel like you can't help yourself and you go for that donut, right? That's human nature. Well, the, what happens when you have that donut, the first feeling you feel is bad. Mm-hmm. You feel guilty, you feel remorseful, you feel like, oh, I can't do this, you know, I'm, I just, just can't do this, this whole negative self-talk. So you haven't even recognized that you, have, you feel the same way you feel about, it. you just label something bad and you took it and now you feel just what you called it. Mm-hmm. So understanding like how we perceive food and how it reflects how we see it ourselves, that's a big piece and we never think of it that way. So because we have to eat, we can't opt out. What else, what else is left? It's that relationship piece. And then understanding like with the donut, let's choose the apple, but not, don't let, don't choose the apple because yeah, we may look at the apple as being something more good. But don't choose because it's the answer to weight loss. It's the answer to, you know, getting your nutrients in. It's, it's true. But look at that apple as 
this apple is what I want to reflect who I am and what I want for myself. It represents health. It represents self-care. It represents self-love. So I'm choosing this apple because of that. And to me, that's a healthy relationship with, with food because you're not connecting it. You're, you're like, you're transpiring like how you feel into what you're choosing to, to intake into your body. And if you feel that you're worth it, you know, that's another thing. I, I don't say you're worth it, but as women, especially women, we, we put ourselves second. We put ourselves last. We, we take the leftovers. We have whatever's left over. We don't ever like really, truly, like sometimes we have struggles with valuing ourselves, but we start valuing ourselves by our actions. It subconsciously creates that feeling of, I, I care about myself. I love myself. So when it comes to your nutrition, Bringing in those suits because that's what's best for you. It, you. it deserves your attention. It's a part of you. You start eating those suits for that reason. And then that organically turns into you're feeling more confident. You, you're loving yourself. You're feeling good about your choices. And it's the opposite of this bad feeling. So food is a mirror image of how we see ourselves, whether we know it or not. Yeah. I love that, that visual of food is a mirror image of how I see me or my relationship with food is really similar to how I maybe see and label myself. And two, something that you're touching on that I talk about a lot with my clients is what is my intention behind my food choice? And it kind of sounds like for you, as you describe with the apple, it sounds like the intention that you're hinting at there is I do this out of self-care. Maybe my intention is I want something crisp. I want something sweet. You know, whatever the intention is, it doesn't have to be focused on the good, the bad, kind of these moralizing terms around food. The intention can be, this is what I want to feel right now. This is how I want to care for myself and knowing that that might change from moment to moment as well. So as we're kind of talking about this whole concept of the relationship with food, I have one more question that ties into your TEDx talk and then I promise I will move on. I was just like, I love That's it. That's fine. I love talking about it. I would imagine if I did a TEDx talk, I would probably also love talking about it. But um, you mentioned when you were bringing up this whole concept of your relationship with food and how that reflects how you view yourself, you mentioned that in your career, as a dietitian, you have witnessed a couple of different types of relationships with food that people may have. So um, you used a couple words to describe this, something that I had never heard before until you introduced this, but you said you can have an adversarial relationship with food and then you could have a partnership with food. So could you maybe describe the difference between those and kind of what you mean when you have those descriptors? Yep. By the way, Great questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we have, you know, when you get around certain, let's say you get around a buffet platter or your driving path, you know, um, a place where, you know, it's nothing, you get nothing but the smells of that dessert or something, you know, and if you, the moment you come in contact with these types of foods, do you feel uptight? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel scared? Do you feel vulnerable? Do you feel like, how do you feel? And a lot of times people, they don't feel power, feel powerless around certain foods. They feel weak. They feel they have to give in. We give food too much power, I say all the time. Even in my book, we give food too much power. So food doesn't change. It's still going to be what it is. What changes is our perspective. So if we reposition ourselves in a position of power, that changes the dynamic of that connection of how we feel about that certain food. And it changes the adversarial relationship into kind of neutralizes it to where it doesn't have that effect on us like it used to. That's the first step. 
And now you got to realize, throughout my entire life, unfortunately, my family and my loved ones, they're going to come and they're going to go. People that I respect, they're going to come and they're going to go. The only thing that's going to be with you until the day you die is what you, what you eat, your food. So for me, I feel if I'm just going to be with me for my whole life, I want to create a partnership with it. Because when you partner with something, you're partnering for the better good for the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so if I had to change my relationship with food, so if it's going to be with me, I want to have a partnership to where it's helping me to thrive and it's helping me to be successful in my life because it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. And so again, it's that concept of like changing, recognize first if you have an adversary relationship and start building a partnership with something that's going to be with you and, and, you know, for the rest of your life. And so to me, again, it goes back into this Apple concept of choosing Apple. It's not because it's going to promise weight loss. I'm going to be able to keep the figure that I have. It's great. It's a great incentive, but it's not my core reason. I know if I'm going to be interacting with this thing, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fight it. I don't want to fight it. I wanted to partner with it, link arms and be successful and be liberated and be free. And with your food, that's the, that's the only thing that's going to carry with you. And so that's the concept of building that partnership versus having this adversarial moment constantly your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, just think about how people just every day, you know, they struggle with, you know, passing an ice cream store, passing a McDonald's, or a lot of things are embedded, associations, patterns, a lot of reasons why there's so mm-hmm. many connections. But people don't know that they live in this just tight wad and not have never really felt liberated or felt peace. And it's this adversary like they have this food. And so until they start building that partnership and loving food, loving themselves, it's going to blossom. It's going to help them feel free and feel happy. They're not going to have to feel like they're walking on ice, on thin ice anymore. And to me, that is worth it. Absolutely. And a couple of things that you said there that I want to make sure our listeners heard. I'm going to review back something similar that you said. You mentioned something that I've never heard it phrased this way before. It's definitely a concept that I share on the podcast with my clients as well. But I love the way you phrased it. You said, food is never going to change, right? Food is food. Our relationship with it, our perception of it can change, but the food is always going to be there. So if we are in that adversarial relationship where, you know, as you were talking about, we're tense, we feel stressed, we feel uneasy when we're around certain foods, that isn't going to be pleasant for the rest of our lives, right? And that's not going to be sustainable coming back to the main question that we opened up with. So if we think of kind of formulating this partnership and kind of an analogy that I always give, because when I think of partnership or relationship, I also think of like friendships or romantic partnerships. And I will sometimes ask my clients, like, have you ever thought of a time where you were looking for a romantic partner or a new friend? And the first thing on your mind was, I can't wait to get in a relationship where I just fight all the time and we aren't friends and I don't feel good around this person and we have so much drama. And like, I usually get this look kind of like, are you kidding me, Claire? Like, I don't want any of that. So I think the same thing, you know, we can apply to food. We want to create this partnership that is loving, that is confident, that is caring, because as you're saying, we're going to have that, you and the food for the rest of your life until the day that we pass on. So we might as well find a way sooner rather than later to have that partnership rather than that kind of 
combative adversarial relationship. So okay. love this. We're just well driving off each other. I'm loving it. Great um, review. Yeah. I love it. Well, one other question that I have that is a little bit more focused on like the self-care side of things that you keep touching on um, before mm -hmm. we tell people how to connect with you and how to learn more about you. Um, something that I love about your message and I'm hoping people can pick up on this just from hearing you speak for the past 20 or so minutes, but you have this strong underlying theme of self-care and self-love, as I believe you already said a couple of times. So you had a recent Instagram post. I'm on the gram, I love being there, so I was creeping, doing my research, and you had this <laughs> where you said, radical self-care starts with knowing that you are worthy of love. So would you maybe expand on this for our listeners, what you mean by this, and how this maybe ties into the whole conversation we've had so far? Yeah, idea of radical is just kind of going to the extreme with it or taking it to the, another level. You know, in self-care, um, can be done in so many different ways. I, as a dietitian, just use nutrition as my vehicle to help people to create self-care. Self-care comes with so many different facets. But in order for us to even fully in, embody that radical self-care, we, uh, we have to embody feeling that we're worth doing it because it's gonna come to the time where you have to decide Am I going to, you know, am I just going to go get my kids something to eat and I'll just eat the leftovers or kind of eat, pick off their plate? Or I'm going to also go buy me a nice fresh salad with fresh fruits and vegetables on it or whatever. Carving at that time, that's that radical self-care, knowing that you're worth taking the time to go get that. You're worth taking the time to take up 30 minutes in your morning to take a walk and listen to your favorite podcast or listen to the music or meditate, you are worth that time. And, I, and it's one thing I always preach is that it's hard for people to, to put themselves first and be okay with it. It's uncomfortable. It's sticky. And we have to, in order for you to just be able to put yourself first, it takes, you know, loving yourself. It takes understanding too, and I won't go too, too long with this, but understanding we got to think about what we're doing and what's happening in that moment. Don't just exercise because it's good for your health. It makes, you, makes your attitude. It gives you a good attitude for the day. Don't just eat those healthy foods because it increases your health. It does all of that. But we, it's not just a formula. It's not just a process that we're doing. Every single time that you are going to the store to get your food, every single time you're cutting up your fruits and vegetables, every single time you're cooking your fruits and vegetables, every time you're eating, every time you're working out, every time you stretch, every time you put your clothes on, all those pieces, those are all acts of self-care and self-love because you're taking time to get things that you need for your health. You're taking time to cut and prepare things for your health. You're preparing your workout, putting your clothes on. Like every, if we can stop and just kind of stop looking at everything as the means to an end mm -hmm. and start looking at me calling in, you know, Instacart and getting my food, that's self-care and self-love. Me, you know, putting, you know, mixing the salad together while I got TV on or whatever, that's self-care and self-love. All of that's self-care and self-love. So if we kind of can start looking at that in real time, it, it, it implodes inside of us to where we realize we're loving ourselves the whole time. Yeah. All of this is loving yourself. And so if you do, if you think that way while you're doing it, you're constantly bringing in positive energy about loving yourself. And that is not being self. It's not taken away from anyone else. 
mm-hmm. not anyone else, but you're, you're fulfilled, you're, you're self-fulfilling yourself of that self-care and self-love by your actions. And so that's kind of that whole idea of like radical self-care and self-love. Just being a mom realize everything you're doing is self-care and self-love. We don't see it that way, but start seeing it that way. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you bring up that word, the S word, the selfish word, right? Because I think sometimes when we hear someone saying, you can do this for you, you're worthy of taking that time, of fueling your body, of giving yourself energy or time for self-nurturance, whatever that looks like. I think sometimes I've even heard some people say this, well, that's selfish of me to take that time for me. But what you just said there, I like, maybe we'll cut that out of like the clip for this episode. Like there's nothing (laughs) selfish about that because that doesn't take away from anyone else, right? I would argue the thing that does take away from other people, especially those who are close to you, maybe those who are relying on you. If we have any parents listening, I say it does take away from them to have you not be rested or fueled or, you know, insert whatever word we might be thinking about here. So I think if we can kind of adopt or work to adopt that mindset shift, kind of like you're saying of every little action that we take can be an action of self-care, self-nurturance, self-love, that mindset shift can really be helpful in solidifying some of these behaviors over time. So all these questions, you know, to be honest, I didn't plan them to like weave together so well. <laughs> I have to say that the common theme and, you know, where we've ended up, I think all of it ties together really beautifully. So if anyone is listening to the show and they say, I need more of Rashonda, I need to hear from her. I want more of her content. Maybe they want to look to your TED talk or your book that you're mentioning. Would you mind sharing where we can find you and how people can get in contact with you? Sure. And thanks for the opportunity, Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I would say the hub that you're going to find everything, when I say everything, um, my TED Talk, link to my TED Talk, uh, opportunity to access to my book, um, my array of podcast shows, just everything about me, um, you just simply go to my website. Um, and the website is Rashonda Thornton. I'll spell that for you because it's easier, pronunciation easier than spelling it. It's uh, R-E-S-H-A-U-N-D-A, Thornton, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N.com. And you will find Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of different ways to connect with me. Just go to that hub and, and it'll shoot you right to everything you need. Okay. You made it simple for us. It's like type in your name, it pops up, and then everything can be linked from there. Um, Rashonda, it was a joy connecting with you for the third time. I know. <laughs> I know. I enjoy it as well. I love it. To give everyone a a little look behind the scenes, this is the third time that we've connected virtually, as we were saying, but when we logged on to record this episode, I believe your words were, you look familiar. (laughs) I know. I've seen you before. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, everyone who is listening, I hope you got a couple nuggets of value out of our conversation. Go check her out, her TED Talk, the book, the podcast, all of the things. And that is all that we have for today on the Yours Truly podcast. So we will sign off Yours Truly, Rashonda and Claire. 
There you have it. That is a wrap for our show today. Thank you again for spending a little bit of your time and sharing some of your day with both Rashonda and I here on episode 101 of the Yours Truly podcast. As I say at the end of every episode, if you like what you heard today, if you get any value from any of our episodes week after week, the best way to say thank you and to pay it forward to listeners who could benefit from hearing this message in the future is by taking a couple of moments. I know you're busy, but I would be forever grateful if you could tap those five stars wherever you are listening to the show and maybe even take a couple of moments to leave a review, letting us know what you think and what you love about the show. I really value and appreciate your feedback. But again, that is all I have for today. I hope to see ya air quotes there. Wouldn't it be fun if you could see who listens to a podcast? But I hope to see you back here next week, next Wednesday to be exact, when we drop episode 102 of our show. And in the meantime, take care and stay safe.